Man, come on in and have a seat. Relax your feet and beat the endless podcast. You done heard all week. Hey, this is no hoes ball. I'm talking freedom of speech. So check your feelings at the door. As we continue to speak about war, sex, love, and relationships. And even conversations about politics. A little bit of comedy and knowledge, man. With a host to teach you all about empowerment. Now, what we doing? We're chilling in the chat house. And what we at? We're chilling in the chat house. Now, what we doing? We're chilling in the chat house. And what we at? Welcome back, welcome back to the chat house. I hope you're having an amazing, productive day. Today we're going to explore the world of foster care with Sharon Cates, a foster care provider for over 10 years. We're going to talk about the pros and cons, the system itself, the kids that are involved. Stay tuned. Let's give Miss Case a call. Hello. Hello, Miss Case. How are you? This is Kim from the Chat House. I'm fine. And yourself? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. So, did you get the questionnaire we uh, emailed you earlier? Yes, sir. I did. Okay. 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 So, um. Let's just do a little background so that the listeners can get an idea um, who we are speaking with. Okay. Okay, I'm Sharon Kate. I'm from Burke County, Georgia. I've been in the foster care since 2012, which as of last month was 10 years for me. Wow. What, uh, what got you started or what got you interested in uh, the foster care? Actually, my mother is the reason why I'm in foster care. Um, in 2012, she had an aneurysm. At the time, she had two kids that were in her home. One was a um, male, African-American male, and he was wheelchair-bound. He was mentally and physically disabled. And at that time, no one but me and my mother knew how to care for him. Wow. So she had her aneurysm on a Saturday night. With that being said, um, the next morning, defects came in and removed the kids from the home because there was no one there to see about them. And I would say maybe about four or five hours after being at the hospital with my mother, I got a phone call. Um, They had to bring the young male to the ER. Mm -hmm. What happened in the process of him going to another foster home, they were unable to care for him and his feeding tube was removed. Mm. So I am... Ended up going down to the ER, helped him put the feeding tube back in, and he was just hollering and screaming. And after maybe about 10 minutes of me being in the ER, I calmed him down. Mm-hmm. And that next morning, I got a phone call asking me if I could come back down to the ER. They were on the way of releasing him to the foster parent. She did not know how to put him in the wheelchair, nor put him in the car to buckle him up. And so that's when they asked if I would be interested in taking the classes so that he could be placed in my home. So that's hmm. where my journey began. So you basically created a bond with him. Yes, sir. What are some of the reasons foster kid may end up in the, in the system? To be honest with you, there are a number of reasons, but to me, I would say the number three main reasons are starting with abuse. Hmm. Abuse would normally gets reported by the school. Kid, a kid can go to school with maybe a black eye, some kind of bruise. They get to asking questions, and that's when um, defects get called. Mm-hmm. Um, 
drugs being used by the parents being abused. That can cause them to neglect the child, not feeding the kids, so therefore they go to school, they're always hungry, they're not dressed properly, and then absentees from school. If a child is missing school a number amount of days back to back, Mm -hmm. that causes the teacher and the school to want to get involved, and once they go out to the home, that's when a number of other stuff may come up and they're removed from the um, parents. So is it safe to say that um, poor parenting could be considered the reason why some of these kids end up um, in these foster care situations? I would definitely say poor parenting, parenting, but not only that, it can also be jealousy or envy because you may have someone, say it could be a um, parent issue. Maybe the father wants custody of the child and don't want the mother, so therefore they may say things to get defects involved in it, it could be a number of reasons. I won't just say poor parenting, but I would say that would be one of the reasons. So you're saying that parents being, I don't know, petty um, yeah. could cause a child to be placed in the system? Yes. If you got a parent that may call numerous of times or maybe they have you have the neighbors with so many calls, on the same particular child at some point they may see okay well maybe we need to remove this child from the home so that we can investigate get more information see if something is really going on sometimes it may be normally it's nothing it's just you know allegations wow how long can a kid remain in the system once they're placed there um as far as age wise they normally age out for georgia at the age of 21. whoa but in a certain home it could be days, months, it could be years, but the legal age, if I'm not mistaken, they passed that in 2018, was, um, they extended it to the age of 21. So you're saying a kid can go in as early as birth and yeah. pretty much spend their whole youth, teenage life in foster care? Yes, normally it doesn't happen like that, but for a kid, they may go in at birth and may age out at 21, that child typically have probably been from foster home to foster home. With that being said, if it don't work out at one home and they just get tossed around, each foster home they're going, it's like they're starting over. So that could very well be the reason why they age out at 21 because their whole life they've been from home to home. So there's no structure, no stability. It's just, that's all the child knows is foster care. Wow. I know you guys do a great job. Um, you know, I know you, um, your system pretty well. Um, but I know you've heard stories and I know that all foster care parents are not the same. Could you elaborate on that a bit? If you don't mind. All foster parents are definitely not the same. And Mm -hmm. why I say that, and I'm not to toot my own home, not to pat myself on the back. Oh, go ahead. Inspire people, inspire people. (laughs) I love kids, and like I say, I didn't get into foster care for the money. I was asked to come into foster care, like I said earlier, because of my mom's issues. But my thing is, each foster child that comes through my home, you never know how long they're going to be there. So with that being said, I try to give them all the love and attention that I can because this may be the only time that they get to go out to eat in public. They may get to go on vacation. They may get to wear nice clothes, get their hair done. So the reason why I said that I put the money that I get from my foster kids 
I don't really get to see it because I put it back into my kids. Mm -hmm. What I eat, they eat. Where I go, they go. Vacation, we go on vacation together. I dress my foster kids as if the same way I I dress my kids that I birth, which my kids are grown, but that's just me. I've seen it. I've no seen one, it. Uh, no one would know that a child that's with me is a foster child because we we look the same. Mm-hmm. And my mom, for example. <laughs> When I first started, she was like, girl, you go overboard. You do too much. <laughs> like, I wouldn't spend all that money on them kids. But, I, I mean, that's just me. I love kids. Right. But you also have these foster And, I mean, I know a few have seen a few. They can care less about the kids. And when I say care less about the kids, they don't care how the hair is. They don't care about clothes being too short, high waters. It don't, it don't have to be name brand. But no foster kids should go through a system out in public with dirty clothes because you get a clothing allowance you're allowed to get their hair cut but i mean my thing is from in my opinion if every time you see a foster child their hair is never done they never have on clean clothes clothes are too little what are you doing with the money that they gave you for the clothing allowance they're looking one way the child is looking so i mean you have some that are in it just for the money not only for the money you have some I guess I wouldn't say that they use them as slaves, but they use them as their maid. Wow. They come in, they get the old ones. That's who clean their house. Mm. They do everything. That's what they use them for. Mm-hmm. But mm. I mean, you know, I can't speak because I'm not in no one else's home, but everybody's not in it for the same reason. And it's definitely not for the best interest of the child. Well, clear this up for me. Um, and you hear people, uneducated people make comments about, um, oh, he or she does it for the money, for the money. Is it really that much money? Like, could you clarify that for us? No. And um, let me give you a prime example. Um, like I said, when I started in 2012, mm-hmm. I had, I've had a number of kids come through my house, but I can remember off the bat, I had a one-year-old and I had a four-year-old. Mm-hmm. So for both of them, I got $20 and some change per day. So that's $40 and some change per day. Out of those $40 per day, I had to feed them out of my food. So I had to buy groceries. For the one-year-old, because he wasn't part of the train, I had to buy diapers out of my money. The four-year-old, he was artistic. He was still in pull-ups. So all of this stuff is what I had to buy out of my money. Not to mention, you're only allowed to get their haircut. Well, I don't know what it is now, but back then, they were allowed one haircut every... I want to say if it wasn't once a month, maybe every five to six weeks. So, Ms. me Ms. and Sharon. Miss Cakes, I just got back up. Did you just say, did you just say two kids, 20 bucks a piece, basically 40 bucks is what you said? That's what it was in 2012. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> I guess you so, that so, at that end, that answers your question. It does. No, it's not money. Yeah, like I said, but you know, it is a little better now. Mm-hmm. But depending on the needs of the child and if the foster parent is really taking care of the needs of the child, it's not. It's not. Wow. Um, I got a I got a I got a pretty good question. Um I've I've actually um gotten this question a couple of times. Um, have you ever felt in danger at any point, because I know some of the kids may have uh, mental issues. 
We'd like to apologize. The audio for the previous question was lost. Miss Cates proceeded on by saying that she had a Caucasian female and an African-American male in her examples of why she felt like her life was in danger. She went on to say this. Well, as we're walking, I'm getting groceries. I could tell she was getting a little angry in her. She was acting a way that I've never seen her act. And I had I had probably had her almost a month at this time. Mm-hmm. So as I saw her um, attitude and everything changing, okay, put my groceries down, left the bucket, let's go. So as we're walking to the car, she's making these hand gestures, these little movements. My first mistake was I put it in the back seat. And she got behind me. So as we're driving down the road. So she was in the back seat of the car at this in point. In the back seat. Okay. Yeah, in the car. Which, thank God, my home was maybe one to two miles from the grocery store. So as we're driving, she's steady. Want to talk to my mama. Want to talk to my daddy. We're not going to do that. We'll see when we get home. So at this time, she's jerking my seat, pulling it back and forth. She's beating on the back of my seat. She's hollering and screaming. Wow. I'm asking her, can you please stop? Can you please stop? The closer we get home, the worse it gets. So at this point, I don't know what's going on. Well, she tries to open my door. While the car is moving? While the car is moving. Okay, I slammed on brakes. Can you please not do that? You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt me. Steady beating on the back of my seat, hollering, screaming, just yanking on the door. Because, of course, the door was locked. I guess at this, because the door wasn't locked at first, but at this point, I guess, you know, maybe she didn't know how to unlock it. I don't know. But long story short, we pulled up on my screen. I asked her, can you please calm down before we get out? I do not want the neighbors to hear you. Oh, she's just steady hollering and screaming. So we pull up, we get to the house. I say, you're not getting out of the car with this noise. Can you please hush? She's steady beating on the seat, hollering, screaming. So I go in the house to let my son know what's going on. I mean, wasn't even a good 30 seconds to a 60 seconds. It wasn't that long. I come back. She's gone. What? Okay. We're looking around the neighborhood. Where could she have went just that quick? So I checked with the first. Nobody has seen her. So, of course, I call her caseworker. I call the police. So once the caseworker get get here, I'm the one that's in the wrong. So then you start telling me, well, you know, you have to talk to her this way. Anytime an artistic child, okay, excuse me, she's what? So you mean to tell me y'all have this type of child in my home and you did not warn me? So they reveal this to you. The night of the incident. Right, they reveal you after the fact that she's artistic. So, of course, yes. So the police, you know, got a description of her. So it was maybe about, it wasn't even 10 minutes later. This was after the fact that the police had came and the caseworker. Caseworker comes back. Well, I'm in the wrong because she's mad with me grabbing up her stuff. She says she found a girl walking up there almost by Tobacco Road, which is not far from where I live, mm-hmm. and um, put her in the car, brought her back to get her stuff. But my thing to her, okay, you're upset with me, but you never told me what, what type of issues this girl had. Correct. So, you know, that was the first time I ever experienced that. So, I wouldn't say as much as danger, but more of a frightened for me because I didn't know, okay. Definitely a scare. Definitely a scare. And then my second one, I did feel danger on this one. This was about two weeks ago. I had a 17-year-old. <laughs> this is pretty year, recent. <laughs> yes, very recent. Uh-huh. 17-year-old African-American in my home. 
Well, I had little to not much information on him. Only thing I knew is that they asked me to do rested on him. But the night that they called me, I missed the phone calls. And by the time I called back, he had ended up in jail. Well, he ended up in jail. He stayed in jail, not quite two weeks, but almost two weeks or so. The judge let him out because I agreed to let him come to my house and do the rest of him until he can go back home. Mm-hmm. Well, long story short, I don't find out till later he threatened to kill his auntie. Oh, wow. So this was a Sunday night. Like I said, two weeks ago on a Sunday night, um, it was a little incident that happened in the home. So I wasn't comfortable with it. Didn't really say much to him because, you know, I'm still trying to learn the kid, but it's time to go to bed. But he didn't like that. So in the event of me telling him it's time to go to bed, he started acting different. Oh, he'll kill me. He'll kill everybody in the house. This is what he's saying to you. Saying to me. And it's just, it wasn't so much of him telling me this, but his actions of how he was walking around. He was talking to himself. Just like, oh, I fight my way up out of here. I do this. I do that. I mean, so I had my two boys and another foster kid, I got them out of the room, out of the situation, just made him stay in the room. Because, you know, my thing is, okay, is he, do he really mean this or what? I didn't really want to call, well, I didn't call the police because, you know, okay, they just get out. things calm down. Yeah. So, made the phone call the next morning. They seen how serious it was, so he was removed from my house that, fought, that following Monday. So those, then that was definitely a day that I felt yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Which brings me to my next question. Um, have you ever had any issues with um, the parents or family members of the the child or children? I've had, I, the first one I wouldn't say was more so of an issue, but that was my first, it was um the first set of kids that I got was the, um, Caucasian kids, a girl and a boy. Um, at the time, mom was not able to get them. Dad was not able to get them. Um, grandmother said she didn't want them. So I had had them almost two months at this time. We had a visit. Uh, we met at Burger King. It was one Sunday. I met the transporter up there. Well, once the parents saw me, it was all kind of excuses. The transporter said she didn't understand what was going on. They're saying this, they're saying that. Long story short, the next day I got a phone call. Grandmother's getting them. She don't want them in my home. So to me, and I could be wrong, I felt like they didn't want their um, white kids in a black home. And that this could be me, but and that's that, the way and I felt. I mean, I mean, you are in a southern state. Um, you yes. know, Yeah, there are some facts that will support that idea. <laughs> and then... Um, I just had my home put on hold. This had to be, I want to say April, April or May of this year. And what it was, I had, um, not racist, but due to the issues, I would not take another Caucasian in my home. And I was going to ask you, that was actually one of my questions. I was going to say, I was going to say, is, is there a particular race thing that reoccurs? Um, because a lot of times people want to put things on minorities. You know, oh, minorities have kids. They don't take care of the kids. They got to be the most on welfare. They got to be the most in foster care. But my question would have been, um, 
will one outweigh the other or could it be equally weighed? No, Caucasians definitely outweigh the African-Americans. Really? And the sad, yes, and the sad thing about that is when it comes to a Caucasian, the system tends to listen to their needs, the parents. I mean, they're catered to. Okay. African-Americans, you can see the abuse and the kids can go to you and tell you something, but theirs tend to linger on and takes a while to be dealt with, whereas in a Caucasian, they automatically go ahead and tend to their needs. It's no if and buts about it. Wow. It's the drop of a finger. They're going to see what's going on. How can people avoid getting their kids in the system in the first place? I guess that would be a good question to ask based off of the stories you've been involved in, the ones you've heard. Um, like, like what can people do to avoid this? Cause this is, this is really, um, a tragedy to be honest with you, it is. you know, cause we're talking about human life. We're talking about children, right? We're talking about young adults that still have a long way to go. And it seems like bad parenting, neglect, uh, selfishness on the parents. And in some case, in some cases, the families. So how can we avoid this? Or can we? That's what I was going to say. The sad part about it is it can be avoided, but at the same time, it's hard to be avoided. And with me saying that it's maybe hard, if you don't have that support system, it's kind of hard to raise kids on your own these days. I agree. And my reason for saying that peer pressure and the things I see with from the young kids, the primary school, is totally different from when we grew up. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. I mean, it's hard for me to like for me myself. I have to be cautious. If I discipline my child the wrong way with a belt or maybe leave a mark, and if they think that's abuse, my child can be taken from me. I agree. And it could be simply as some kids may bruise easier than others, and it and it may not be that I abuse my child. But if my child go to school and say, well, my mama hit me or if a teacher see it and my mama hit me, they want to go ahead. They want to start investigating. Hmm. I could be the best parent out here or my child could have done something, stole something, have done something that he needed to be in discipline. But guess what? I got a choice. Am I going to discipline my child the right way or am I afraid that the law is going to come take my child and lock me up? Hmm. So now can I be the parent that I need to keep my child in my home so that my child won't end up in foster care or am I going to let my child do what he want to do? The system take hold of them. So sometimes it's a no-win situation. So it sounds to me the system at time can, I guess, over-police the situation versus having a conversation. Yes. Right. They can just call you up or ask you to come in to have a civil conversation about what happened. And my thing, I would say to any young parent, even an old parent, if it's to the point where you feel you can't do, you can't handle your child or you're afraid to discipline them, reach out to a family member, reach out to a neighbor, reach out to somebody who can help you to avoid them being taken and put into the system. Because one thing about it, it's just like they say, trouble is hard. I mean, even to get it hard to get out, 
same thing with foster care. Wow. It's it's easy to get in foster care, but you got some parents, like, for example, the one that the parent that had my house on hold, she told her son he was only going to be in foster care for 60 days. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no way. A child don't go and come into foster care only for 60 days because depending on what they come in foster care for, that parent have to take classes, training. It's not a you in and out. There's no way, because if it was, they would have never took the child if it was that simple to get them back. Hmm. Um, what are some other alternatives, or do they have programs um, that would give you a different choice versus foster care? Like, um, can we opt out to do counseling, or, I mean, do they have anything you know of other than foster care? Can- Take your kids? No, sir. Counseling is a part of getting your kids back. Therapy is a part of getting your kids back. So it's backwards. If it's backwards, yes. Because the, the the way the system looks at it, if it's to the point where defect has to be called in, it's bypassed that state. So now we need to remove the child from the home, get the child the counseling and therapy help that they need as well as the parent. Hmm. Would you say part of the issue, would you say the issue will be more financial, mental, um, or just young people out there having fun and I get would these say kids. The kids that have the kids that have came through my home, mm-hmm. I would say financial and mentally. I would From say the they, they kind of yeah, it's a battle between those two. Um, what are some things you would like to see change in the foster care system to avoid kids? going through the system and to also help the providers such as yourself? I would like to see foster parents be treated better. My reason for saying that when a foster child comes into care, they're in the care because of what? They were taken from their parents. But believe it or not, do you not know that we as the foster parents, we're investigated more than the parents? What? A child was taken from their parent. It could be a child that a parent that was on drugs abused the child. Mm-hmm. But if this parent may want to say, well, she's doing this or that to my child, they're going to investigate me and believe the parent. But yet and still, you saw fit to take the child from that parent. So with that being said, that leaves us as foster parents. Okay, can we do our job and try to help the child cope with what they're going through, help them through this mental stage, or... Do we just sit back and let the child just run our home? Because now this parent has to say so. We can't do anything. Just like if but if I want to go to North Augusta or Aiken, do you know I have to call defect? Defect have to call the parent. If the parents say, no, I can't take the child, the child can't go. So, but you took them from the parent. So the parents still have to say so. You're saying that the parent actually has judgment and power over your home? Is what you're exactly. saying? Exactly. Not so much as power over my home, but judgment as to what their child can do in my home under my care. And you're looking at it from a standpoint of you were unfit in the first place. That's why your kid was removed from your home. Yes. Yes. One of my final questions, um, I mean, I got to ask, uh, what is the biggest reward for you? I mean, when you look at the system, you look at the parents, you look at um, even the mental state of some of the, the kids that come through. Like, what would be your biggest reward for this? 
I have two. My biggest reward is no matter what kid comes through my house, the idea of seeing them happy smile. Now, when it first first come, it's it's we call it the honeymoon stage. Once the honeymoon stage is over with, you get to see the real side of a child. Mm. But once they pass that honeymoon stage, if a child comes to me and say they need help, or then I've had Tina to thank you, um, Miss Sharon. I appreciate what you've done for Miss Sharon. The reward is when they leave my home, they keep in contact and thank me for what I did when they were in my home. The reward for me is knowing that that child is safe and that child trusts me enough to be in my home end to open up to me. Mm-hmm. Now, my personal, personal reward for me is... So it is your personal I favorite. Start, my personal favorite. Okay. Had I never started doing foster care due to my mom, I would have never had the two young boys that I had. Hmm. They came into my home October the 20th, 2012. 2012. The baby, the baby turned one eight days later. The oldest one was only four. They were in my home for four years. I was able to adopt them September the 19th, 2018. That is my personal biggest reward because I was able to give them a home, a place that they can call home, a mom that they can love, trust, and feel safe. So that's my personal biggest reward. That is my personal reward. So you actually adopted your, your, um, your foster kids? I did. That's actually a pretty cool story, to be honest with you. Um, you know, a lot of people say they care, they care, they care. But when you do such a an act such as that, the proof is in the pudding, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. So just take a minute to think. What is it you would like to leave our listeners with? Take a moment, think about it. My main, my main thing, I don't need a moment to think about it because okay. I know I'm popping my head. Okay. Because a, a, a lot of people tell me this, you know, they, they praise me for what I do. They tell me they appreciate me. They say they don't see how I do it. Sharon, you know, we got a great reward for you sharing this, sharing that. Mm-hmm. My main thing for anybody who wants to do foster care, if you don't have patience, if you don't have the time, don't waste their time. That's a good Because one. in order to be a foster parent, a good foster parent, for a child that's in need, you got to have patience. Without that patience, you're not going to be able to do it. Because one thing about it, when you get that phone call to say, well, Sharon, I got this age, maybe one, maybe three kids that they need to bring into your home. You never know what you're going to get until they actually come into your home and they've been there for a while. But the key to it is you got to have patience. Hmm. Hmm. And going through some of your previous situations, sometimes you don't know what you have until a few days later, and you really don't know. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Well, Miss Cates, it was a pleasure, as always, speaking with you. Um, and I hope my listeners get a better understanding or a better grasp of what it means to be um, in foster care because. I noticed a number of celebrities. Uh, I think Jamie Foxx was one. I think uh, Tiffany Haddish was one. Um, We're in foster care, but you see them on TV laughing, joking. Seems like they had a wonderful upbringing, but when we hear the the reality of it, it kind of brings you home to, hey, um, maybe as parents, we need to be more 
focus on raising our own children versus foster care? Most definitely. Okay. With that said, we thank you. We appreciate you. Have a good evening. You too.